standard process that we look at, but part of what we try and do is come into companies and not change them from the core of who they are. Philosophically, who these people are, character. Who their character is and what, who they, what really defines them. Our job is just to take that and create framework around it. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. We are back for one more segment with our guest, Deb Smith. Deb brings so much experience to this industry. I hope that you go back and listen to the last two days of shows where she has highlighted so many things just from her depth of experience and wisdom. But today we're going to talk about institutionalizing your business and some things around that. I bet you hadn't thought about as an operator if you haven't done that already. Uh, maybe you've gotten started within the last few years, you're growing your portfolio, but may not even know what that looks like or what that means. Or maybe you're thinking about approaching institutional capital, right? To maybe recapitalize a few of, of your projects or a number of them or all of them. Uh, and guess what? There may be some things that you need to know. I'm sure there is before you try to do that. Uh, and, and I loved how she said you only get you know, one, one opportunity to make the first impression, right? And she elaborates on doing that exact thing with institutional capital and some things I hope you'll think about uh, if you're going to do that. I mean, you're going to learn a lot uh, from Deb again today. Is there a specific, say, operating system that you all operate off of, like something that's big in our industries like Traction, EOS, things like that? Is there something that you all have found that's, you know what, we've stuck with this, it's worked really well for us as far as just internal. I talk about rights, people right seats, that's something a different things to talk about, especially Traction as well. Yeah, it's not so much whether they have a system. I think the better question is, um, do they have someone who has experience in it? Yeah. It's and, and bring someone in who has experience. And whether you do a hire yourself, or you bring somebody to investor relations or a COO person that has institutional real estate expertise, or someone on the capital raising side who's got real estate institutional expertise, those things are helpful because they can bring with them their own wealth of what they've seen has worked somewhere else. I'm not sure there's a standard. Um, we have a standard process that we look at, but part of what we try and do. It's coming to companies and not change them from the core of who they are. Philosophically, who these people are, character. Who their character is and what, who they, what really defines them. Our job is just to take that and create framework around it. And the reason I say it like that is because if you go in and you try and alter a company, they, the chances of them sticking with it aren't as high, right? It's easier to integrate something that is close to who you are and what you believe in then if someone comes in here and tries to change the entire organization, your entire DNA, your entire foundation, it's very hard to create longevity out of it. No doubt. So we try and tinker and take from there and then create building blocks from there. Yeah, I love the advice too on hiring people that have that level of experience as well. Yeah. Building it's, the easiest, your it's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, All it's right, a pennywise pound bullish. It may be a pennywise pound bullish if you don't, but bring in some of the expertise. Otherwise, you can slave at it and you just don't know why it's not working. And here's the thing. Mm. You only get one chance at a first impression. See, one chance. So you better make it count. You only get one chance at a first impression. One chance. <laughs> it makes so much sense. Uh, so it's, it even goes back to the other conversation about hiring, right? Just, yeah, love that. And who, who's representing One chance. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Deb, I, I wish we could continue for a lot longer. 
uh, you're such a wealth of experience and knowledge, and, and I know you, you've brought so much to the uh, listeners today. I want to jump to a few final questions. Uh, and as we round down the show, uh, what, what would you say uh, is your, and of course, in, in this regard, it'll say the retail investor, just your best advice for the retail investor right now, passive investors. Do your due diligence. All because somebody said it and read the documents. It's, if you've got a, a PPM or a marketing document, ask questions. Ask a lot of questions. All right. And do your due diligence. Make sure you understand the document you are signing. It is painful. Some of these documents are very long, but make sure you understand what is in it. All right. And what you're agreeing to do and how your capital is going to be deployed. Do your due diligence if it's on an asset. Who is the manager? Do your due diligence on whoever that manager is and make sure they're good. All right. And so making sure that they've got a strong reputation because they're the custodian of what you're getting done at the property. So you can't just underwrite the asset because the, your information is based on what that manager says. So do your due diligence. It's upfront. It is worth it. It's painful, but it'll be worth it. Uh, Deb, what are some of the most important metrics that you track? And I say it could be personally or professionally, just some of the things that stand out to you. It could be in the business or with an investor, or it could be your bench press number. You know, it could be a number of things. I'm not so sure. I, I focus on metrics. I get a lot of stuff done with my days because uh, I'm a very busy woman. I think for me is I like getting stuff done. I like getting, I take an enormous amount of pride in getting things done. I have very long to do less that, that never ever seem to get shorter. But whether... It's washing clothes or vacuuming carpet or outside, you know, playing with the dogs or work. I treat all tasks important. And if I'm going to do it, I do it the best I can or I don't do it at all. I, I don't believe in halfway. I, I'm not a big fan of bees. I want the best and I want your best effort. And if your best effort is not good enough, that's okay. I'm okay with that. But I'm not okay with people or myself giving anything less than my best. And, and, and I take that. It's exhausting to have that perspective. It's exhausting. But nonetheless, it's, my, it's in my DNA. But it means that little things can make me very happy. <laughs> All I have to do is have a clean kitchen. I'm really happy. If I, I, I get as much enjoyment from getting a billion-dollar deal done as I get from cleaning my kitchen. It's, uh, it's bizarre, but it's a job well done. It comes back to that character in, in wanting to get it done. So the end product I'm proud of and I'm, I stand behind it. And sometimes your effort to get the first 80 or 90% of effort is a lot easier. A well thought advice than others. And so it's that last 10% that I focus on. Love that. Uh, what about some habits that you are disciplined about that have produced the highest return to you? I know you just talked about maybe some, but anything else you'd like to highlight? Yeah, I'm a huge runner. I run Honor. an enormous amount. Mm -hmm. I run an enormous amount. I'm very diligent about it. Uh, it keeps my sanity. I, I do some of my best thinking when I'm running, but I'm a huge runner. And I would say the other thing is I'm a big reader of the Wall Street Journal, paper version. We have a paperless office, but I do get the paper Wall Street Journal. And I love to sit there every weekend and read it cover to cover. It's my happy moment before any children are up. It's my happy moment. So sometimes it gives me my ideas for the week and things I want to focus on. And I often find something in there that I never knew and thought provoking. So I enjoy that. It's a little bit of me time. Love that. Uh, number one thing that's contributed to your success. 
my crazy focus on getting good stuff, good products done, regardless of the pain and suffering, regardless of how long it takes, I never give up once I start. Never. I, I, which is not always good, by the way. Sometimes you should cut your losses. Um, but once I get my mindset on something, I'm a dog with a bar. And how do you like to give back? Pardon? How do you like to give back? Give back? I do a lot of podcasts. Um, I do a lot of mentoring, particularly with college kids, particularly for women who are in finance. Finance is not a dominant field for females to pursue. There is very few investment bankers who are women at the top. There was few when I started. Now there's even less. Somewhere along the line across 25 years, I don't know where they all went, but they, they're not around anymore. And so encouraging women to take the risk and trust their gut and to, to go for it and to go into finance. And I think my work on that is gets rewarded by the feedback that I get. Um, and I'm focused on apprenticeships is the other thing. I'm a big believer, despite everything we've said, uh, not everyone should go to college. Not, you don't need to go to college to be successful in life. It's very Australian. It's uh, apprenticeships are very big back home, but I'm a big believer that not everyone should go to college. You can be perfectly happy, perfectly wealthy, and perfectly successful by not going the college route. And, and I think the, there are many people who are very gifted to do other things. And I think that many get pushed into college route and they really shouldn't, and they don't need to. And I hold my hats off to people of the many people who can do plenty of things that I cannot do at all. <laughs> And we're lucky that we have that level of diversity. And I don't think we celebrate it enough, not in this country. I appreciate that, Deb. I'm, a, I'm an example of that right there, <laughs> what you just said. But uh, grateful for that. Uh, Deb, I, I can't thank you enough for your time today uh, and just sharing your wisdom and, and experience with the listeners and myself. We've talked about uh, so many different things, I feel like, but you have just dove in in depth on a, a number of things and provided a ton of value to us. You've given back to us in a, in, a, in a great way. Grateful to have met you and have you on the show. Tell the listeners again, though, how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. You can go to our website, which is senecapgroup.com, or you can go to LinkedIn. We have, you can type in Senecap Group will pop up and you can, I will pop up. You type in Deborah Smith Senecap, I will pop right up as well. Feel free to follow us. You can feel free to reach out. I'm always happy to chat. Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today.